Welcome to A Fruitful Life, a podcast featuring the teaching ministry of Rick Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. And now, A Fruitful Life. Hello, and welcome to A Fruitful Life with Rick Clendenin. Today, Brother Rick brings us a message entitled, The Four Dimensions of Grace. In this message, he uses several illustrations and scripture passages to paint a clear picture of the grace given to us by God the Father. On our own, we are helpless and hopeless. But using the story of the prodigal son in Luke 15, Brother Rick teaches us that we can find ourselves accepted in times of exposure and vulnerability by His grace, mercy, and love. This message was taught at the Souls Harbor Church in London, Kentucky. On this broadcast, Brother Rick reads his text found in Romans chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. Then he tells us the five things that we need to know about this scripture, including the difference between mercy and grace, the acronym for the word grace, and two definitions of the word grace. And now, here's Brother Rick. I want to thank you for the opportunity to be here tonight to get a speak. I am just thrilled to be here. Appreciate all those pastors being here and uh, especially appreciated that poem a while ago. I'm telling you, I'm about ready to stand on my head and pray. How about you? <clears throat> we need the Lord, and it's just a delight to have so many friends and family with us tonight. Open your Bibles to Romans chapter 5. I want to share a message that the Lord has laid on my heart. You know, oftentimes the Lord will allow me to share a message several times. I used to worry about preaching a message more than once. Until I heard Kenneth Hagin years ago said until he preached a message 50th time, he wasn't for sure he had it. <laughs> 50 times. This message I've never preached before. But the Lord spoke to me a few weeks ago and gave me this message for this occasion. When Pastor Ronnie asked me if I would speak, he began to let this word kind of just work in my spirit. And uh, tonight I want to share with you about grace. And I tell you, I'm thrilled when the Holy Ghost puts something together, don't you? I've said to people before, if you can get there about the same time the Holy Ghost does, you look a lot better. How many knows that's true? If you can just get there about the same time he does. And tonight he has orchestrated this meeting. How many times we've heard the word grace? Tonight. And I didn't know that the choir was singing what they were singing. I told Brother Tyson, I want to hear Amazing Grace. I didn't know that I was given a request. I heard about it, didn't I? And I watched as you begin to sing about grace. You know, most of us, and really saint or sinner alike, can sing Amazing Grace. It's probably as well known nearly as our national anthem. But how many of you know knowing the words don't mean you understand the meaning? I'm not sure I understand His grace myself to you. <laughs> I'm telling you, his grace is wonderful. Look in Romans chapter 5 and verse 19. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. So by the obedience of one, many shall be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that offenses might abound. But where sin abounded. Wow. <laughs> I can't hardly say this. Now I'm getting messed up up here. Where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. For as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace, everybody say grace, 
reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ, our Lord. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much and how thankful we are for this time to be together. Lord, we love being in a new venue serving an eternal God. And we just pray right now in Jesus' name, you'll give us ears to hear understanding hearts and obedient wills. Lord, let it be a great time together tonight as we remember and rehearse what a gracious God we serve. For we ask it in the name of Jesus and everyone in agreement together said, Amen. Tonight I want to just bring us back to remember the grace of God a little bit. I, as I was looking at this scripture today, and literally the ink is almost wet on the page. This is a message straight out of the oven tonight. How many of you know we need a new word from God? Yesterday's man has got worms in it. I don't know about you, I love to eat, but I don't like to eat yesterday's food too much. I liked it yesterday. But I'm a country boy. I like to stuff cook fresh off the stove. You know what I'm saying? Leftovers. I, I don't want leftovers. And tonight God has given me a message that literally I just finished this afternoon, closed up with God. But as I begin to look at this scripture and really study the scripture, there's several things. And a man can preach. Even a man that couldn't preach can preach now on this. Amen. I mean, there's just a lot there. But I want to share with you at least five things that I begin to see about this scripture. Number one, all of us are sinners. We're born with a sinful nature. How many of you know you didn't escape that? You were born a sinner. But even after you got here, you've been practicing it. <laughs> so you make sure you get good at it. Amen. You were born with a sin nature, but then when you got to where you could tell the difference, you chose to practice that sin nature. So not only had you sinned, you were born in sin. So some people say, well, I've never done anything wrong. Well, really, what about that lying stuff you got going on, amen? How many of you know you've done wrong? See, here's the thing about grace. Grace ministers to all of us because all of us are guilty. The message I'm preaching tonight, who's it gonna hit? Hold your finger up like this. And do like this. I want you to know who I'm talking to. Amen. I'm talking to you. <laughs> Grace applies to you. Why? Because all of us are sinners born in sin and chose to sin. Amen. Now the law was given to prove we were sinners. That's the second thing. It wasn't bad enough we were sinners. God revealed how holy he was so we could realize how sinful we were. You know, the law is not for the law abiding. The law is for the lawless. You know, it's amazing how law abiding we get when we see a police officer, Brother Jack, come into our side. You know, we'd be driving along and we're just as lawless as we can be and all of a sudden, we see a police officer and suddenly we get just as law abiding. Isn't that the way it is? The law was put there to show you how lawless you are. That's why people trying to obey the law to get righteous. Well, that's stupid. The law was never intended to make you righteous. It was intended to show you how unrighteous you really are. You know, in my closet at home, the lighting is horrible. We must have a light in there out of the refrigerator. I have no idea, but you can't see nothing in there. And, and sometimes I'll think that I've got a white shirt I really think I got a white shirt. And I'll get outside and it'll be a crew or 
yellow. Sometimes it looks like I've been frying spam in it. You know, I mean, it's in the dark, it looked okay. It's just when I got out in the light. <laughs> when I got in the sun. Oh, listen to me. That's the way we are. When we get to where we're not looking into the S-U-N, but into the S-O-N, you suddenly realize how filthy you are. How sinful you are. And the law was created to show you how bad off you are. So it wasn't bad enough you was born in sin. Wasn't bad enough that you've been practicing. He had to send his son to show you how bad off you are. Now, he doesn't leave us there. Aren't you glad God don't leave you where he found you? Because here's the next thing he tells us. He says, God's grace is greater than your sins. How many of you were pretty good at practicing sin? I mean, you had it nearly down pat. Wave at me. I mean, you really... How many of you know if you worked as hard for God as you did for the devil, we'd wrap this thing up at a weekend, amen? Because we were working hard for the devil. How many of you know that you've done your share of sinning? You wouldn't want to just log them all, you know, and categorize them because it'd use up a lot of ink. But let me tell you something. No matter how many sins you committed compared to grace, Compared to grace, there is no comparison. There's more grace than your sin. There's more grace than there is your sins. Now, here's the fifth thing I want to tell you. Grace produces life and sin produces death. See, the problem and the reason that people go to hell is not because of sin. This is what we think. We think people go to hell because of sin. No, they don't. Don't look at me like a cow to Newgate. You heard me. They don't go to hell because of sin. They go to hell because they rejected a Savior who took care of sin on the cross. It's not sin that sends you to hell. It's rejection of a Savior. He's brought grace to you. And if we would accept the Savior, how many of you know life would replace death? Grace, everybody say grace, would replace sin. Wow. See, mercy and grace are different. Mercy keeps you from getting what you're supposed to got. Grace gives you what you should have never got. I'll say that again. Mercy keeps you from getting what you should have got. Grace gives you what you should have never got. Mercy kept you from going to hell. Grace gives you heaven. Mercy keeps you from punishment. Grace gave you a relationship with Jesus. Wow. Grace is a wonderful thing. Now, let me tell you about grace. Grace could be described in an acronym, God's riches at Christ's expense. Let's say that. God's riches at Christ's expense. That's what grace is. People say, what is grace? It's God's riches at Christ's expense. He paid for grace. Now, there's something we need to understand about grace because once you can define grace, you realize grace defines you. There's two definitions of grace. I love to share these two definitions because I like to be reminded of it. Number one, grace is unmerited favor. That's what we were singing about a while ago. Amazing grace. 
Amazing grace. You know why it's amazing? It's because God gives it to you and you are totally undeserving. You know, I used to try to prop people up when they come to the altar. I heard a guy trying to prop somebody up last night and I couldn't hardly keep from stopping him. He was praying over this young guy and he was saying, Lord, let him know he's worthy. And I was sitting there saying, no, Lord, let him know he's totally unworthy. He don't deserve nothing but hell. Let him know that, Jesus. See, unmerited favor means by definition, there's nothing you can do to earn it. In other words, unmerited favor, that definition of grace renders you completely hopeless. Just, let's just go ahead and fess that, as one guy said, and get it out of the way. Say this with me. I'm hopeless. Look at your neighbor and say, I ain't kidding either. <laughs> I'm hopeless. Now, here's the second definition of grace, and it's necessary for us to understand what God's telling us. Because not only is there the hopelessness of unmerited favor, the second definition of grace is divine enablement. So not only am I hopeless, I'm helpless to do anything about it. Grace renders me hopeless and helpless to do anything about my hopelessness. See, until you get hopeless and recognize that you are helpless to do anything about it, God cannot give you grace. Thank you for joining us for today's podcast from A Fruitful Life. We hope that you'll tell your friends and family about the podcast. And if you like, join us on social media by liking our AFL Facebook page or by following Brother Rick's posts on Twitter. You can also find us on the web at afruitfullife.org. A Fruitful Life is the radio and media ministry of Rick and Debbie Clendenin, Benton, Kentucky. You may find out more about Brother Rick's life and legacy by visiting our website. Once again, that's a fruitful life.org. Thanks for listening.